Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Let's, let's look at Luke. Let's look at Luke's gospel. Luke's gospel, chapter 5. Uh, Luke's gospel, chapter 5. And I'm going to read 11 verses straight down. Um, I'm going to look at it from, uh, I'll choose the NIV on today. And this is what it says. It says, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets, who got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Then when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, launch out or put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've been working hard all night long. Even before Lionel Richie made the song, he made it. And haven't caught anything, anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large member of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled, so they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, for I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Debedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, then Jesus said to Rolando, then Jesus said to Kohal, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. I want to talk to you, if I can, amen, for these next couple of moments from the topic. What a catch. What a catch. Uh, Look at your neighbor and just tell them, neighbor, what a catch. Come on, we we watch baseball, we watch football. We watch these sports, amen, and when somebody makes a catch, it's something that's beautiful, it's something that's pretty, and we turn around and we say, what a catch. It's the same thing, amen, whether your spouse is here or not, you can look at them and you can say, what a catch. Uh, Amen, they may and they are the apple of your eye, even if to everybody else they may look like Chewbacca the Wookiee. But nonetheless, amen, you can rejoice in the Lord and say, what? What a catch. Amen. 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 Let's pray real quick. Father, right now, bless these ears and these hearts that whatever it is, Lord, that you would want done in this place, that it will be accomplished. We thank you, Lord, for this and all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. Real quick, amen. In Luke chapter 5, it talks about 
all of these people that were pressing against Jesus, they were coming in and, and surrounding him. All of these different peoples from different backgrounds, different experiences, different creeds, different, amen, back, uh, uh, nationalities, amen. They all came together for one specific reason and one specific purpose. And that purpose was because they came to seek Jesus Christ, who was and is the Messiah. And if no other person, amen, if there is a person to put differences aside for, how many of you know that the person to put your differences aside for would be Jesus? The reason being is because when Jesus was in an area, when Jesus was in a region, when Jesus was in a home, when Jesus was walking down the street, amen, people received from him, not because he was just Jesus, but people received from him because they had a spirit of expectation. That's the thing that I want to point to you on today. The Lord can only bless you, bless you according to your heart and according to your spirit of expectation. The reason being is because whenever there is an expectation, there is an atmosphere that is charged. Whenever there is an expectation, there is a faith, amen, that is presuding out of us because we're expecting God to do something on our behalf. When we're expecting God to do something, we can expect the miraculous to take place. We can expect breakthrough to happen. We can expect people to leave changed and charged because no one has ever come into the presence of Jesus and have left out the same way that they came. From the centurion, amen, who came to Jesus, who had a servant who was sick, and amen, Jesus was on his way to heal him. And he said, no, 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 I don't need you to come. All I need for you to do is send the word. To the men, amen, who carried their paralyzed friend, when they got to the place, amen, to where it was that Jesus was preaching, that they couldn't get him in through the door, and they said that we still won't be denied, but we'll tear the roof off. How many of you know that nobody ever came to Jesus and left the same way that they came. That's the type of faith that Jesus is looking for. People to say that if I can't get in from the left, I'll move to the right. If I can't go high, I'll go low. And if I have to, I'll offer up a praise that will tear the roof up off of this place as long as my Savior knows that I'm in the house. From the Seraphonician woman, amen, whose daughter was grievously vexed with devils and when she brought her command to Jesus. She said, listen, amen, we need your help. And the disciples answered and said, Lord, they crieth after us. Sometimes some people think they're too much and bigger than what they really are because ain't nobody come to see you. We all came to see Jesus. See, that's the thing that keeps us in a humble position as a preacher. No matter how well I articulate, no matter how exciting I am, no matter how charismatic it may appear, how many of you know that there is only one person that we came to see and that is the king of kings and the lord of lords some people amen they think that they're too high and mighty that amen they think that what i like to call too suchy much but sometimes when you think about what we really are they men scientists have proven that our bodies are 90 percent amen 90 percent amen water and 10 percent dirt and when you mix that together you get nothing but mud so you shouldn't think that you're too high of yourself you ain't nothing but a walking talking breathing mud pie Amen. But how many of you know that it's truly in him that we live and that we move and that we have our being? Somebody say, I came to see Jesus. 
uh-huh, from Jairus, whose daughter was, amen, on the point of death, and Jesus was on his way, but he was delayed, amen. He was delayed, amen, but yet and still, when they came to him, they told him, no longer bother the master because your daughter is dead. And Jesus said, she's not dead, but asleep. And they begin to laugh at him. He said, take me to the chamber. He went over the little girl, laid over her, breathed on her, and said to leave the kumbi, took her by the hand, and the little girl arrived. God told me, amen, just as a pause note, to come to Staten Island and let some people know that some people thought your situation was dead. But as long as Jesus is in the room, you need to get ready, amen, for a resurrection party. As long as Christ is in the room, your faith is getting ready to be revived. Your love is getting ready to be revived. Your joy is getting ready to be revived. Your patience is getting ready to be revived. Somebody thought that it was dead. Somebody said that it was dead. They even played you a deluge. They said it's over. But how many of you know the same spirit that rose Christ from the grave is the same spirit that's residing inside of you? And you need to give yourself, amen, a high five and declare that before this year is over, I'm getting ready for a comeback. A comeback like never before. Get ready, amen. Somebody declare, this is my season for a comeback. The comebacks, kids, amen. When Jesus is in the room, watch this. When Jesus is present, when Jesus shows up, nobody can leave disappointed. They pressed about him. They pushed about him. They wanted to be around him because they needed something that he had. 34 times in the Gospels, it talks about crowds pressing Jesus. What I've learned in my short-lived life, watch this, is that when you really need something bad enough, protocol goes out the door. When you really want something bad enough, you don't care who's to the left of you. You don't care who's to the right of you. How many of you know when you want it bad enough, you'll do what you got to do to get it? Oh, okay, all right. This is an interesting crowd. I, I'll prove it. I'll prove it. I'll prove it. All you got to do is think back to before Christ. You had something that you wanted. I like to call it, Pastor Roe, a taste. All of us had a taste for something that wasn't godly. And you did, I know you've been saved all your life and in church, amen. Oh, no, not me. You can look at me with them sanctimonious brown and green and blue eyes if you want. I'll go into the spirit and come right down your street. But I want to talk to you because everybody had a taste for something. Everybody wanted something. Everybody craved something. And this is it right here. See, you got to understand that if you can understand this on the natural side, then you can definitely understand it on a spiritual side. See, because before we were saved, everybody did something to get a little taste. I'll prove it. You snuck out the house to get a taste. Some people, they stole to get a taste. Oh, here we go. I'm going down your street next. Some people, you spent your entire check just to get a taste. Some people, you lied just to get a taste. Some people, amen, you walked miles just to get a taste. Some people, if you were like me, amen, I ran through a blizzard and was chased by a pit bull just to get a taste. Everybody in here had a taste for 
Let me explain something to you. My daughter at eight years old had a taste for something called Roblox. Parents, talk to me. Amen. Pray my strength in the Lord. Roblox, in, in, in a virtual world where you get to create an avatar, and you get to create an avatar, and you get to be whoever you want in this virtual world. Sound a lot like Facebook and Instagram. But uh, understanding that you can, you, can, you can buy accessories, you can buy hair, you can buy, you can buy whatever you want in this world. My wife called me one day, and she was upset. I, she, I have all of this food, and I'm at the grocery store, and I can't use my credit card. Did you try and use it? No. Well, they're saying that it can't be used. And all of a sudden, my daughter, who heard the whole conversation, got up and went in the room. Kendall, did you try and use mommy's credit card? Yes, daddy. I tried to use it to get Robux to buy in Roblox. I called her right back. I said, it wasn't me, thank God, amen. You're going to have to deal with her. Mommy's going to be dealing with you in a minute. See, sometimes you got to know which battle to fight and where to let go. And, and I heard her through the phone, and I said, I'll talk to you, love you, see you when you get home. See, the thing is this, at eight years old, a child knows how to go in their mother's pocketbook and try and get their credit card just because they had a taste. And this is it right here, what I want to prove. If we understand this in the natural, how much more should it be in the spirit when you understand that the Lord has what you need and he now has switched your taste, that now you know that even though it's already done, even if it means I have to break the rules in the natural, I know that God has something for me in the spirit. What do I mean by this? What do I mean by this? See, because in order for you to get something, you have to do something. Oh, goodness, I done messed them up right here. See, because the days of manna and quail are over. You're waiting for God to drop it out of the sky. Amen. But when you truly want something from the Lord, how many of you know that you have to have the right type of faith to get the right type of blessing? This is where many people miss it at because they want something, but they don't want to do anything to get it. Oh, goodness. Uh, there must be a corresponding action, amen, to what it is that you're desiring from God. Let me prove it, amen, because Pastor Roe already said that you guys are going into James or just came out of James. Let me give you a precursor. It says this in James 2 and 17. It says that faith without works is dead being alone, meaning it's not just the works or knowing you want it or need it, but when you do something about it, that's what causes the Lord to meet you halfway. Can I make it plain to you? Some people don't get what it is that they desire because they don't want it bad enough. Can I say it one more again? Somebody say it one more again. Some people don't get what they desire because they don't want it bad enough. Many times, amen, those who receive the blessings are those who wanted it bad enough. In essence, people who want a blessing, they become desperate for God to move on their behalf. Can I prove it to you? There was a woman who had so many issues. 
She didn't just sit there. She's known as the woman with the issue of blood. She didn't just sit there and say, oh, Jesus is passing by. The Bible says she heard he was passing by. And when she heard he was passing by, she got up and she went to him. And when she went to him, because the crowd was so pressing, she got down on her hands and knees and she crawled and thought to herself and said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She did something about it. See, blind Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus heard Jesus was passing by. He said, listen, far son of David, have mercy on me. The people tried to tell him to be quiet, and the more they tried to tell him to be quiet, the more he shouted all the more because he was acknowledging that he was the Messiah. Let me help you out. There's a lot of people around Jesus, but a lot of people can't get his attention, and a lot of people aren't touching him because they're used to just being around him. But when you do something that nobody else will do, you'll get something that nobody else got. How many of you will determine that this is my season to get desperate for the things of God? High five your neighbor and say, get desperate. Zacchaeus climbed a tree. Oh God, I hear the Lord loud and clear in this place. Zacchaeus climbed a tree, a dignitary. Amen. And when Jesus passed by, he looked at him and called him by name and said, Zacchaeus, come down from here. Amen. He, listen. Oh, oh, God, I don't want to get into that. He said, listen. He said, today I'm going to sup with you. But he called him by name. I want you to know on today, even though there are a lot of people in this place, and even though there are a lot of people in this world, and even though there are a lot of people who will be calling on the name of the Lord, I want you to know on today, Ro, God has not forgotten you. Kuhau, God has not forgotten you. And in fact, not only has he not forgotten you, but he's called you by name. David, Samuel, Timothy, whatever your name is, he knows your name. And he's calling you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Get ready for the next assignment. Because God said, I don't need just an arbitrary person. I don't need just a Joe Smo. He said, I'm calling you, and I called you by name. Some Somebody declare right now, God knows my name. I'm so glad he called me, amen, in the midst of an OT. As I laid on the hospital bed, he called me and said, Kenny, before I let you go this route, I'll take you out of here. And I answered the call because out of all the people that, amen, died that day, he allowed me to live. Somebody needs to understand that he called you by name. <sighs> Desperate people. It's what he's looking for. People, amen, people, 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 people who will lose themselves in reckless worship. People, amen, who understand that I've been in worship for one hour, but it feels like one minute. People who understand, amen, that when you have a love relationship with the Father, it's, you can have people all around you, but how many of you know it's intimate when you begin to praise him for you? yourself. These are the types that the Lord is saying who don't mind to get down on their face and lay prostrate because they're desperate for something. These are the type of people who don't mind allowing their tears to stream down their face even if it means you mess up your mascara and your hair gets undone even though you just got a wrap on Friday. You determine I need to be in the presence of the Lord. Desperate people. 
desperate people having even though praise, even though I don't have it, I'll yet praise him. Even though my family is not all walking right, I'll yet praise him. Even though my pockets may be touching each other, I'll still praise him. Even though I didn't get the job, I'll still praise him. Even though I'm catching the bus, Uber, and everything else, and I don't have a car, I'll still praise him. Because if you can praise him when you don't have, God can trust you to praise him when you get it. Tell somebody you ain't seen nothing yet. Watch me praise him. He wants us. He wants us. He wants us to be desperate for him. Now watch what I'm getting ready to say. Because the interesting thing in chapter 5 is as they pressed him, they weren't pressing him for a miracle. Wow. They weren't pressing him for a healing. Y'all got me. They were pressing him because they needed to hear a word. Nobody made any request of him. Hear me, what I'm getting ready to say. Pastor, most churches that I preach in, in this season, whenever, not cool how, not you guys. You guys are good, trust me. Whenever the word of God is getting ready to come forth, Pastor Lisa, that's when you see the most demonic activity. That's when people want to get on their phones as though you that important. I'm important too. That's when people want to go and walk in the foyer. That's when people want to take a car check break. That's when people get up and start becoming distractive. Because whenever the word is going forth, let me tell you something. We can do everything in the house of God that we are supposed to do. Let me explain something to you. But it's the word of God that's going to bring life and liberate you and set you free. I know, I know, I know, I just messed up some people right there because, because, because when it comes to the word, never forget nor negate the power of the word because without it, we cannot make it. They press Jesus for a word. Somebody say the word. David said, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. David said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Jesus himself, amen, used the word when he was tempted by Satan in the desert. He said, amen, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every that comes from the mouth of God. Amen. He said, amen, shall you test the Lord thy God. Amen. Do not test the Lord thy God nor put him to a test. Amen. Satan in the wilderness was defeated because of the word. When Peter saw the power of the word, Jesus gave the people a hard word because every word that comes from God is not always you getting ready to get a car and you getting ready to get a house. Sometimes God will give you a word that he'll ask you to do something that you don't want to do. Like the rich young ruler 
ruler, go give up all of your possessions and come follow me. And this was a man, when he left the presence of the Lord, he did not leave the same way that he came. In fact, the Bible says that he left sad. There are two types of people in here when they hear the word, Pastor Rowe. There are people who are going to leave encouraged, and there are people who are going to leave disappointed. The ones who leave disappointed is because they received the hard word and they could not receive it. But the ones who leave encouraged are the ones who take the meat with the bone and decide that this is what I need for this season. And amen, it's not the man or the woman of God, but it's God himself giving me this word, and I will not leave here disappointed. When they heard, amen, they followed him for fish and loaves. And when they heard that Jesus had gave him a hard word, he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part of me. They said, what? This man is talking about cannibalism. What? See, you ain't never had a conversation with God till God asks you to do something and you say, what? 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 I want you to shut it down and I want you to start a church. I want you to go to Astoria, Queens. What? Now, you know, amen, even though she's cute and she may be looking nice, amen, but I want you to take your eyes off of her hips and put your eyes on her heart. Kenny, that ain't the one for you. What? I know he fine. I know he got the hazel eyes. I know he got the bulging muscles. I know his fat, his bank account is fat. But amen. I want you to ask him to pray for you. Uh 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 uh. And you ain't never been in a situation to where God gives you a word that makes you say what? Everybody, just one time, say. Oh, they got it. 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 Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. And Peter, as the people left him, because that's what happens when God gives you a tough word, people start leaving. And when you tell them amen and draw a line in the sand and say, this is the standard and we can't do this anymore and this is not what we're going to do and this is the direction that we're going to go, and they look at you and say, what? The next thing they're going to do is leave you. But the ones that stay are the ones that God sent. Oh, God, the ones, amen, that continue to walk with you, the ones, amen, that continue to stay with you, the ones that continue to pray with you, even in the midst of a hard trial, those are the ones that God sent. And those are the ones you lay your hands on and breathe on and commission them in the ministry. Peter looks, Peter looks, Peter looks, Peter looks, Peter looks, and Peter says, amen, Peter says, Jesus said, aren't you going to leave with the rest of them? Peter looks at him and says, where else am I going to go? For you and you alone have the words of life. And those are the ones that God is saying, I can trust you with a greater anointing because you didn't leave when it got tough. Oh, goodness. Let me give you a little bit more of this, and we're going to deal with this. All right, all right, all right. So understand this. It's in your mouth. Amen. You have a word inside of you that when you release it, it will shift your atmosphere. Amen. The writer of Hebrews said this in Hebrews 4 and 12. Y'all still with me? We okay? All right. I got 15 minutes, and we're going to roll on. Amen. The Lord said, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even dividing of asunder of soul and spirit and 
and joints and marrow. And this is what the word does. It is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. With one word, the Lord changed situations. With one word, the power of life and death, the Bible says, is in your tongue. With one word, you can speak life over a situation or you can curse it. Amen. Revelations 12, it says this, that we overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And if the enemy ever wants to find a place where he can hide and rest and abode, he looks for a situation where people are keeping their mouths closed. David in the midst of a hard situation where his wives was taken, where his children was taken, where his friends, amen, were talking about stoning him. The Bible says, amen, in 2 Samuel chapter 30, that he encouraged himself in the Lord. You may not be able to have the worship team with you. You may not be able to have Pastor Lisa leading songs. You may not be able to have Pastor Ro. But how many of you know when you get the word inside of you, you can determine that when the enemy rises up, that there is no weapon that is formed against me that shall prosper. The Lord said that I'm blessed in my coming. I'm blessed in my going. The Lord said that you are the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. Sometimes you just need to learn how to encourage yourself. I don't wait for people to encourage me. I had to learn it the hard way. I learned it this way. Amen. Sometimes I will sit in the mirror. Amen. And as I get dressed, I will look at myself and say, good morning. You fine chocolate drop you. How are you today? Hey, let me let me. Good morning, Mr. Hershey Bar. Good morning. You see, sometimes when you learn how to encourage yourself, you don't wait for somebody to build your esteem. You build it yourself. And when they come along, all they can do is be the CFO and the co-president of your fan club. Tell somebody I'm all right. That's what you need to do. Tell yourself, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. When God made me, he didn't make junk. When God made me, he didn't make a step on. When God made me, he didn't make a doormat. But when God made me, he made me to be a royal priesthood. He made you, amen, to be royalty. So when you get up in the morning, women, fix your tiara and then go make yourself some tea. High five somebody and say, I'm royalty. But when, but when, but when he finds somebody who won't open up their mouths, he can come in and begin to whisper. Ah, didn't God, did God really say, did God really say you were the head and not the tail? Oh, you heard, amen, what that sweating, spitting teacher said. Ah, but did God really say you were blessed in your coming and in your going? Did God really say? Because sometimes you have got to learn to open up your mouth. Let me explain to you in two minutes what praise and worship is. Praise and worship, between the Ark of the Covenant, there were two seraphim, and the Bible says that they had the same length and wings, and they touched each other over the mercy seat. The Bible says that they had to be like this because they were in agreement. Amen. They had, amen, a horizontal connection, which made it easy for the vertical to come down. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. So, when your worship team is singing, they're not 
not singing to you to entertain you. They're not singing to you, amen, to titillate your senses. They're not singing to you, amen, because, oh, that's my song. No, they're singing because they're looking for the correlation that as I worship God to you, that you should be worshiping God to me. And as we get the horizontal together, that's when the vertical can begin to show up. Oh, goodness. Let me explain. This is why, Pastor Rowe, I don't play with praise and worship. I don't play with musicians. I don't play with singers. There needs to be a standard because people's lives are on the line. And if you are the missing link, then somebody's soul can miss what God has desired for it to have. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Hear me. So when God shows up, watch this, it's in an atmosphere that reminds him of home. This is why Jesus said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because if it reminds the Lord of heaven, how many of you know, then he can start to operate. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. So when there's faith, when there's praise, when there's worship, when there's adoration, when there's thanksgiving, when I came with my broken heart and I still pressed my way into the house of the Lord, the Lord says this reminds me of, of a broken spirit and a contrite heart. This reminds me of David. This reminds me of Samuel. This reminds me of Ruth. This reminds me of heaven because an astronaut can only breathe in a different environment when the atmosphere reminds him of home. So God is saying, I'm looking for an atmosphere that's filled with praise. And when you start to praise me, watch me show up and watch me show out. I'll break yokes. I'll set people free. I'll break depression. I'll make nines regulate. Do I have a house cool how that will worship the Lord in spirit and in truth? Take 30 seconds and open up your mouth and bless the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on and worship him. 15 more seconds. Go ahead and set your atmosphere for your miracle. Open up your mouth. 10 more seconds. Nine, eight, come on. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Somebody shout glory. He's looking for an atmosphere where he can move. High five your neighbor and say, oh, I'm in the right atmosphere. God, this is what you learn to do. And they pressed him because they needed a word. Let me tell you something. Cool how? Get ready to be blessed like never before. You want to be blessed? I'm going to tell you how to be blessed. Y'all ready for this? You need to put a demand on the anointing. And when you put a demand on the anointing that's on his life, you put a demand on the anointing that God has placed on them. And when you put a demand on that anointing, when you come into the house of God, you can't leave out disappointed because when you put a demand on something, it has to reply. Get ready. They pressed him 
for a word. And Jesus got into the boat. He set out a little bit. He preaches. Probably he's preaching about the kingdom. I'll get that next time. The point I believe that needs to be noted is that the Lord had need of something that they had. Don't think that what you have is not enough for God to use. You have people who are in the same place they were last year, not because God didn't gift them or grace them, but they're in the same place. This is why. Because they don't think that what they have is enough for God to use. He's given you more than enough to get the job done. Oh, Jesus. For somebody, it's art. For somebody, it's writing. For somebody, it's speaking. For somebody, it's cooking. For somebody, it's sewing. But the Lord said, I have need of what you have. Oh, goodness. Let's get ready to wrap this thing up. Here's the key. God said, I'm looking to use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. See, we look at people and we don't understand what it costs for them to get to where they are. So instead of us being confident in who we are, we covet the anointing that's on somebody else's life. Oh, goodness, did I just say something to make you mad? I usually get in trouble five times a Sunday, so this is the first one, Pastor Ro. This is only number one, y'all. I'm, I'm behaving myself now. Some people will look at other people's lives and want what they got, not understanding the cost that, it, that they paid to get to where they are. So you don't know, amen, that somebody had to bury their mother and bury their father and had to deal with mental conniptions and fight mentally just to get up and be who they are. And you look at them because they're so anointed and you say, I want to be just like you. But in reality, if you went through what I went through, you would have blew your brains out. There are some people you just need to rejoice because I wasn't meant to be you and you weren't meant to be me, but together one can chase a thousand and two can chase ten thousand God is saying be comfortable with you be yourself and God will put you in a class all by your oh 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 I want a marriage I want a marriage like Pastor Rowe and Lisa oh oh Oh, let me tell you something. You don't know what it cost them to be who they are and got where they are. You weren't there when he didn't pick up his drawers off the floor. You weren't there when she threw the frying pan at him and he ducked just in the nick of time. But they showed up in the house of the Lord and declared, to God we live and to God we You don't know what it costs people to be who they are. Somebody give yourself a high five and say, it cost me something to be me. Lord said, the Lord said, yes, would you, see, let me help you out. Let me help you out. And you can't give people, you can't give God the, 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 the person that you give people in church. 
He can't use that. Uh-oh. I guess that's number two. We know how to come to church and put up a good front. Like everything is cool. Pastor makes an altar call. Nah, I'm good. I got this thing all together. I'm straight. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's for them. You know, oh, no. You know, the, the whole, let me help you out. Let me help you out. See, because we give God the praise the Lord people. We give people the praise the Lord people. And God says, I want the real you. I want the you in the house with the rollers in your hair, with the gunk on your face, with the ripped house coat that you got to hold together and you answer the door like this. He wants that you. He don't want the you you put on in church. He wants you with the basketball shorts and the flip flops and the crusty feet and the stank breath. He wants the real you because God said when I get the real you, I can touch real people with a real anointing and too many people are giving them the church you and God says, I I can't use that because I'm still looking for the real you. Somebody say, be real. God says, I'm looking for the ugly you. Uh-huh. I'm looking for the you that's not so pretty. I'm looking for the you, amen, that may not cross every T and dot every I. I'm looking for the you that messes up the words. I'm looking for the you. And God is saying, when I have need of you, I'll make everything in hell untie you so that you can be used by me. Oh, goodness. I may not be able to finish this on today, but I'm coming to a place right now where God is saying, amen, this is what he did with the coat when it was tied up. Amen. He sent James and John. He said, go and you'll find a coat in the city that I need to ride in on for my triumphal entry. And he said this. He said, if anybody tries to stop you, tell them that the Lord has need of it. God says everything that's been trying to keep you bound from becoming who God has called you to be on today, he's telling every imp, every spirit, every enemy, every impediment, every down thing, every low self-esteem, everything that has tried to keep you bound, the Lord has need of you. I have need of you in your schools. I have need of you on the job. I have need of you in the church. I have need of you in your family. I have need of you in Staten Island. Get ready to set this city ablaze because the Lord has need of you. Somebody declare, he still needs me. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Oh, God. God says, I still need you, even though you messed up. And even though people cast you to the side, I still have need of you. Even though people said that you wouldn't amount to anything and that you weren't worth anything, God says, I still have need of you. Even though people said, oh, you're going to messed up real bad and you could hear the enemy laughing, God says, I still have need of you. Somebody just lay hands on your chest and just declare, it's me he still has need of. He, he, he tells them. All right. I don't know if I'm going to get to this, but uh, he tells them, uh, I want you to go and I want you to cast your net into the deep. And they're like, oh, we've been fishing all night long, and we ain't catch nothing. 
Pardon me, y'all. I, I done dropped 50 pounds, so my belt don't go the way it used to do. So I got to pull it up every here and there. So just, I ain't boasting. And if I boast, my boast is in the Lord. Amen. So, so he, he turns around and he says, look, you're a carpenter. This is my mind. You're a carpenter. You don't even know nothing about fishing, man. Maybe you need to mind your business. We got this. But the point is, because people say stupid things like, the pastor is a man just like me. Oh, they got issues just like me. The church got problems just like me. There is a difference between your boy having a problem and your pastor having a problem. Because the people of God have an anointing on them. Hear me. And a lot of times people think they're coming against the man or the woman and they're not coming against the person, but they're coming against the anointing, and the anointing doesn't belong to them. The anointing belongs to God. So when you come against the person because the anointing is on their life, you're not coming against the person, but you're coming against God. Hear me. So when I give or I sow to my man or woman of God, I'm not sowing to the person just to make them rich, but I'm sowing into the anointing on their life. And if I sow into the anointing, I'm not sowing into them, but I'm sowing unto God. And if I sow unto God, he said that he'll give it back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. Get your eyes off of people and keep your eyes unto the hills from which cometh your help for your help coming from the Lord. Tell somebody, sow into the anointing. God, oh God, oh God, oh Lord, oh Lord. Okay, okay, okay. Because when God asks you to do something, he's not asking for it to make sense. He's asking for it to make faith. Oh, I'm going to combine two points into one. Because you need to recognize who it is that's asking. It's not supposed to make sense. It's supposed to make faith. You must recognize who's given the command. When they went there, it wasn't the person. It was the Messiah given the command. How many of you know that the Lord is getting ready to move in such a way, amen, on this island like never before through people, ordinary people, people, amen, who people have cast off. People thought that they couldn't do it. People thought, amen, that you couldn't accomplish anything. But the Lord Lord is saying, those are the exact ones that I need to get the job done. I need everybody to stand up in this house and just declare, amen, I'm getting ready to toss it again. Come on, declare right now. I'm getting ready to toss it again. I'm getting ready to toss it again. Come on, somebody declare, amen, it's me this time. I'm getting ready to cast it again. See, 
The enemy has told you, don't cast it anymore. But God is saying on today, I brought you here to Kuhau to get ready to mend your nets and get ready to launch into the deep. This time, when you do it, you're getting ready to catch something that other people didn't catch. You're getting ready to receive something that other people didn't receive. Hear me, if you always do what you always did, then you'll always get what you always got. But how many are getting ready for a great catch during this season? Somebody rejoice and declare, I'm launching out. Somebody declare, I'm launching out. Hear me. You got to start preparing for where God is calling you to. You got to start preparing now for where God is calling you to. Can I say something? Some people don't get a blessing because they don't move any further than what their hands can see. I hear the Lord telling you on today, Pastor Roe, get ready to launch out. Kuhau, get ready to launch out. The fish may not look pretty. The fish may not come in smelling like you thought they would. The fish may not have all their T's crossed and I's dotted. But the Lord's saying, get ready for a great catch. Get ready for a great catch. Oh. Lastly, if I'm all right, Pastor, I want to pray for some people. I want to pray for some people who've been playing it safe because you launched out before and you didn't get anything. So now you're playing it safe. I'm not going to love anymore because I may get hurt. I'm not going to try anymore because it may not work. I'm not going to do it because it may not happen. God is saying, I brought you here with a specific message because this time, because of who's telling you to do it. Last time you tried to launch out, it didn't work because you tried it in your own strength. But this time, you're getting ready to catch an anointing. This time, you're getting ready to catch more power than you've ever had. This time, your family's gonna get saved. Your children's gonna get saved. That spouse is gonna get saved. This time, there's going to be such a deluge of anointing upon your life that when you lay hands on the sick, they're going to get well. This time, you're going to be able to get along with your co-worker. You're going to be able to get along with that church member. This time, you're going to be able to walk on top of something that you should be singing in. Where is the church that is ready for a great catch? I only want to pray with people who are ready for a great catch your way to this altar. Hallelujah. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, 
Go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.